Hey, Sykes here, and I just want to take a quick moment to tell you about my show, Start the Beat. It's a podcast about independent artists for independent artists. Each episode highlights different humans from all walks of life and their individual stories about inspiration, determination, struggle, and so much more. Dive into the fantastic minds of these amazing people, absorb some useful knowledge, and expand your perspective on the world around you. It's like really important and stuff or whatever, curated, produced, and hosted by me, Sykes. Start the Beat is part of the Ethicast family, and you can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Subscribe today and never miss a beat. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat. Get this message out here. I'm doing what I love to help a community out. Like, yeah, I mean, what is the next step? What's the one thing I can do today that's going to get us one? So, I mean, I don't know what's what's in the future. Art is the only way you can reach out to the future. It is the only thing that actually lives through a time capsule. And I think that if the DIY scene as a whole put more of a value on itself, it could be a lot more sustainable. Now, if someone doesn't like it, that's their deal. Yeah, everything's looking smooth and fantastic and great and hey hi happy tuesday jamie how's it going it's going well word (laughs) so i don't really have any plan or anything we'll just start if by any means something needs to get cut out or you know you say something bad about somebody and you don't want it out right (laughs) we could cut it but you know i don't think you're one to Hold your tongue. If you wanted to say something, I think you'd probably fucking say it. Yeah. And but yeah, also not one to talk smack either. So I'm gonna do my introduction, and then we'll just get into this little talk. Sounds good. Cool. Hello, and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes, and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it, and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Today, I am drinking a apricot LaCroix because mm, it's good. (laughs) And, you know, fuck it. I like it. And my guest is sipping on some Big Ditch Fresh Baked from uh, good old Buffalo, New York represent mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh my guest today is a homie by the name of jamie Hi. you want to introduce yourself a little bit more formally and let the people know what you do i'm jamie fadden cannon um still working on changing that name i got married five years ago so <laughs> <laughs> bad wife bad wife um but yeah i'm jamie fadden cannon um and i have created and host a live women's storytelling called We Are the Weirdos. So, yeah. Okay. So, now I haven't been able to make it to one of these events. How long have you been doing this? So, we started back in January. We had our first event at um, uh, Black Forge Coffee House. Uh, Ashley Quartz was awesome and helped us out and gave us a space. Um, and we sold out our first event. Uh, and then... We had our second event at Club Cafe in, oh my goodness, March. That was recent, right? Yes. 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 And that one did actually really well despite the weather. So I've had been only doing it a couple months now. Yeah. So let's get a little bit 
deeper into exactly what We Are the Weirdos is. I know it's like live stories right. told by women. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's kind of self-explanatory, but we could dig a little deeper, I suppose, into like what made you want to create this event and what have some of the stories been over the course of the past two events. Right. Like, okay. The themes of them, you know. Right, right. So um, We Are the Weirdos was kind of developed in, it was my little bit of a brainchild. Uh, I started thinking about it, I guess, as the Me Too movement started moving. And I was just thinking like, this is bullshit. I need some kind of platform. Um, There has to be something. And I had been a longtime fan of The Moth storytelling on NPR, as well as another podcast called Risk Live, which actually I just performed on for the first time this past weekend. So yeah. but yeah, that kind of developed, like had me start thinking maybe, you know, I could do this specifically for women and those who identify as women and actually give them a platform to tell their truth and their stories and maybe help this movement a little sure, bit. Sure. Yeah. Something more <laughs> than like a social media post, right. something a little bigger right, and right. like something a little bit more like a bit of a healthier environment than Absolutely. how uh, <laughs> a social media wormhole can be. Right. There's a lot of toxic stuff on the internet um, and especially with like surrounding this Me Too movement, you know, stay out of the comment sections, man. I mean, (laughs) it's brutal. Um, But I just wanted to create kind of a safer place for women to tell these stories without being judged and even open it up to women that aren't necessarily actual storytellers, but want to share their experiences. And I think that's important too. So, so... With you personally and, you know, storytelling, what did you have any sort of ba- I know that you have background like emceeing events, you know, right. shout outs to <laughs> Emo Night Squad and other things. <laughs> and obviously you've been working in live entertainment for a while as a lighting designer, right. which we can we'll hop over. There's a lot of things yeah. going on. <laughs> but in terms of like getting up on stage and, you know, telling a story, was that something that was easy for you to do personally or? Um, surprisingly, yes. So uh, before we did our first event, I had never gotten on stage and told a story. I've always been kind of a ham and did okay in front of the mic. I mean, I tried uh, comedy, which I eh, did okay at, but it wasn't really my thing. I hadn't found the niche that yet. That was an, another thing I was gonna, it was like I was kind of seeing some parallels between podcasting and potentially stand-up, depending on right. the stories that were being shared. Right. I think um, there is a there is a crossover with storytellers and comedians um, and I think just because a lot of comedy comes has roots in storytelling, own personal experiences yeah. that happen to you. Um, but the comedy thing didn't work out for you. Yeah, I wasn't to be totally honest, that big on the comedy scene here in Pittsburgh, I think a lot of people are a little grumpy and judgy of each other. And honestly, I just wanted, you know, if that's your thing, fine. But I wanted a different space. Um, totally. Make your own make your own community. Yeah, pretty I mean, that's much. That's the way a lot of, I guess, any creative community in any city can be. Right. There's definitely some grumpy bubbles in the Pittsburgh music scene. Right. <laughs> so, Which I've been involved in for uh-huh. a long time as totally, well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, I was inspired by the storytellers I had at this first event to get up and actually share a story of mine, which as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, oh, oh, I, I'm good at this. Like I can do this. And I think with like a little more time and practice, I could get better at it. So that was like a huge confident boost, confidence boost and 
something I'd like to explore a little bit more. How did the, how did the risk event go for you? That was this past weekend, right? Yeah. So, um, when I, so I am a longtime fan of this risk podcast and it's, I don't know if you know, hosted by Kevin Allison who, um, I don't know anything about it. Okay. Uh, (laughs) so basically it's, it's, it's along the lines of the moth. However, you know, clear in the title, it's a lot more risky. Uh, it's basically live stories, true stories that, people wouldn't necessarily dare to share live and they do. So it's like taking a risk and it's hosted by Kevin Allison, who um, was a cast member on the MTV show, the state in the nineties. Yeah. So, um, I was kind of a big fan. So actually getting there and doing this was really interesting because, you know, you go backstage and you're talking and it's kind of like, wow, this is, you know, a long time idol of mine. I have to keep it cool. And then I get up there and he was like, okay, you're going last. And I'm like, shit, (laughs) like, I have to wait through three other storytellers, including him. Um, And I was super nervous. I was just like pacing back and forth in the wrecks. I bet. Um, But when I got up there, it just worked. I I don't know. I like blacked out. Yeah. But it worked and I felt pretty good about it. And it was almost like my story was about a past abusive relationship that I was in. And it was almost in a strange way brought closure to that situation. So it's really interesting to see from that perspective how powerful live storytelling can be. Yeah. So, you know, there's the part of me that would be very curious to know kind of like where the, when you're doing an event like this, you know, it's like a, it's bordering on some sort of like a, like there's like an entertainment value, but then there's also kind of like a therapeutic value. Absolutely. And that's an, an, a, a unique crossover that you don't get with a lot of things. And you might not get say in stand up comedy. Exactly. Where, Maybe the people that are there, the guests and your peer group is very uh, expecting you to demand or not demand, but uh, project a particular, a very uh, specific, what am I, I'm trying, I'm making this way too complicated. (laughs) I'm trying to sound smarter than I am. The people around you and the people that are there want you to be funny. Yeah. But everything that you might want to share isn't necessarily funny or something that you want to make light of. Absolutely. I think, too, like when you go to a live show, I mean, the the expectation is to be entertained. You That's why you go to a show. Yeah. But I think like there are comic elements. And I think that's also like for me personally, that's kind of like where I get nervous and I go straight to comedy. Um, and that's how I deal well, I with it. I think situations. that's a human yeah, thing, for sure. right? Yeah, for sure. But I think too, it's important to stress that like for at my events too, um, that though we welcome hilarious stories, weird stories, anything on the map, we want those important, those really difficult stories to tell because those are really important. Yeah. So. That was going to be my next question was going back to the first two events that you've held with We Are the Weirdos. Has it been kind of a a rainbow of emotion, yeah, we'll say? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, too, because so in the beginning, the first one we did, not that many people were signing up at first. So I would have to get up and kind of warm the audience up and just say, hey, guys, we're not going to have a show. <laughs> if people don't come up here and tell stories. And you don't want to listen to me for two hours. You know, I don't have, I mean, I got a lot to say, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but it was really interesting. And like one of the big things too, is with the weirdos, um, storytelling, we give the majority of our profits to the women's shelter. So that being one of those things, I was really 
amazed to see how many women came up actually spoke about their experience at the women's shelter, which I think is another powerful thing. Some like subjects that were previously kind of taboo that you don't really talk about. People are now speaking about in an open environment in a, and a safe judgment free environment too, which I think is really important. Yeah. I think it's really, I think we went through this interesting period in our lives where things were taboo and right. there wasn't really a platform for them. And then the internet happened and everybody realized they could just say whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> and it got way crazy, but maybe a positive from that is the fact that maybe now people feel more comfortable to talk in person because for sure, how crazy and distorted internet life is. See, one of my biggest hopes for this storytelling is to create a conversation. And if people have the opportunity, now they're able to speak about things without judgment, whether or not, I mean, there's stories that range all over the place on taboo subjects, whether it ranges from being in an abusive relationship or coming out as transgender or even having an abortion. These are things that like people have a lot of opinions on. And when you put them out there on the internet, it's opened up to all kinds of judgment from people. And I'm, I'm hoping to create less of a toxic sure, vibe yeah, the, and create a more positive vibe. The, the, the positive and the negative of sharing things online is that, you know, you'll be able to reach people that you wouldn't be able to reach otherwise, which right. is good if you're, you know, reaching like-minded people sure. or even like people that, might not necessarily be like-minded, but are willing to have a productive conversation, you know? Sure. But you also get the <clears throat> worst of the worsts that are just looking for something to attack. Absolutely. You know, it's that's the very, way of the world. very <laughs> sad. It is. And horrible. And I guess that's what's good about the events, like what you're doing. It brings everybody together, which is obviously much better than communicating through screens right and also the people that want to be <laughs> shitty behind their keyboard are never going to show up at an event and be shitty in person absolutely because no one has guts yeah. up, up front like that um it, speaking of which i had kind of an interesting situation happen at the first weirdos we did i had a friend who um will remain nameless uh however he is one of those people that he's a trump supporter um big Republican, you know, redneck city. And he was one of those things like he would always, one of those type of people that would always talk about like, oh, I can't stand the extreme feminism and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I'd kind of, kind of chime in and we'd try to have a conversation about this, but I invited him to the show and he showed up and it created a really positive response. It was really interesting. He said to me afterwards, you know, Jamie, that's not, something I would have ever gone to before because it's totally not my scene. All your liberal friends, blah, 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 laughs. But I think that at night, some of those stories changed his mind and he had a different opinion about feminism after that. So that's just like an example of like the positive influence being actual, like actually at an event and hearing these women talk and it's not just behind a screen. Oh yeah, just getting outside of your your bubble mm -hmm. or your echo chamber, which is a good term <laughs> people like to throw out nowadays. For sure. But you know, cause I compare this in a very light way to the way people are like, oh, like that's hipster stuff sure. or that's this, uh, that's, uh, I had another thing in my brain when you were saying it to me <laughs> and I lost it, but Oh, the vegan thing. Yeah. Like, uh, like I, there's somebody on my Facebook that's always 
sharing like this sort of things that are like making fun of like vegans and hipsters. And it's just like, (laughs) I know a lot of vegans and like real hipsters and they don't act like that. That's just like the picture that you paint on them. Absolutely. For some reason. And then like, and then it goes again with, uh, you know, the feminist thing, not every, sure. I'm sure there's some extreme examples of everything. Yeah, absolutely. And again, not every Trump supporter is going to be a psychopath. Uh, it's debatable. <laughs> that's the thing, though. Is I think that there's a lot of people that I feel bad because I feel like there's anybody <clears throat> that's like of good heart that is a Trump supporter isn't really like a supporter of Trump. They're just very much like a supporter of the party. And because sure. he's representing it, they're like, well, just got to stick, stick with, with it. <laughs> and it's just like, man, like. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. don't got to get into it. No, because you know, we'll, <laughs> then we'll be in our own little echo chamber. Yeah, that's a wormhole. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I think that it's you know really really important for people not to put like people shouldn't like really talk about people unless they're like in the same room as them or in I the agree. same circle because like you paint these false pictures, you know, like sure. you know somebody on the left like the ah, fucking feminists and everybody over there's like yeah obviously because he said it yeah right right <laughs> and then somebody's like well i'm actually gonna go check something out and like actually wait yeah there's still people and, <laughs> and there's like, there's a scale too when it comes to everything i think but politics aside <laughs> yeah definitely politics aside i think there's just a lot of people that for better or worse don't want to even take the time to create their own opinions yeah. of things you know for sure you know like they'll they'll you know, what, what's your favorite pizza place in Pittsburgh? You know, nine times out of 10, somebody's going to say like Fiori's or yep. something like that. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean like, <laughs> sure. But like, is it really? Or is it just because it's what everybody else says? You know, who knows? It's That's close to argument. me. So I like pizza it. <laughs> and politics, two things you should probably, shouldn't probably talk about in Pittsburgh. Right. Now on to religion. Sports. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go Bruins. <laughs> yeah religion i don't think we have a really big religion thing in pittsburgh fortunately do we um, i don't know i don't, I don't working in uh, live entertainment i've had to work many religious things okay so some not bad some horrible <laughs> uh yeah so as a lighting designer you've been that's something you've been doing for almost 10 years it's a while yeah <laughs> About as long as I've lived in Pittsburgh, I've been doing lights. So So I'm really curious about if, like, the technology of, like, audio equipment and PA equipment, like, sound design stuff has really, like, changed dramatically in the past decade. Has it been the same for lighting? Uh, Yeah. And the technology that was available to you when you started versus now? Absolutely. And also, like, the experience with the equipment. I mean, there's... I could get into jargon that no one could possibly understand, but basically it comes down to uh, your experience with these instruments that are super expensive and your access to them. Um, And I worked with Ashley Quartz forever doing lights. And uh, we started out working with this little console, the Avo Pearl working at the altar bar. And I remember we sat for hours trying to teach ourselves that console Um, and we figured it out. But after that, moving from the next one down and like things are just growing. And if you don't have access to it, it makes it really difficult to grow. But fortunately, we're living in a time of the Internet that really offers up a lot of information. So Sure. And I know that you've <laughs> like 
toured with bands and yeah. things like that. So you, whenever you're touring with a band and you're, you know, lighting designer on tour, do you have like your own rig that you bring yeah. to each venue? Yep. Okay. Um, all the bands that I've toured with, um, I do. Uh, we'll have like a small floor package, uh, bring a console, set up tie into the house rig. And so it's then not like you're there. like constantly trying to troubleshoot it every no. venue. I mean, but I'm sure there's happens. still <laughs> things you have to figure out, I imagine, because you're not bringing in the lights. You're basically plugging into their system. Yeah. Um, I'm incorporating their system okay. into my board. Um, yeah. And then doing what you can. Yeah. And basically, like, I did a lot of pop punk tours. So they were, you know, like uh, Mr. Small Scale rooms, um, which are, can be pretty large, but like, you'll often find me, you know, swearing to myself, just <laughs> don't talk to me right now. I have to troubleshoot the situation. And I always make it work, though. The show happens. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. The show goes on. <laughs> What's like the most insane like system or lighting thing you've ever done? Like the biggest? Uh, oh, I think th this past weekend, actually, I just did lights for Dead Prez and Blackstar oh, okay. in DC. And it was the biggest uh, venue. It was 600 or 600, 6,000. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, but that a, was pretty large. That's a big space. Yeah. Uh, and I had... A pretty good experience with the exception of when Black Star went on, um, there was zero communication about what they wanted for lights. So in front of 6,000 people, the artist decided to go on stage and call me out from stage saying, turn off these ugly lights and blah, 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 blah. And I have people booing me. <laughs> yeah. That's really lame. Yeah, it is. It was really disappointing. But up until that point, it was great. <laughs> but I'm sure that's also not the first time anything like that's no, happened. No. I've had some experiences before where, you know, you get artists and a big ego and a microphone and the first people to get shit on are the front of house crew. So <laughs> Yeah, it's like I've I've definitely I've there's been one or two times in my life when I've been kind of shitty with a sound person, but I'm a reasonable dude. Right. And I feel it was reasonably justified. <laughs> but um yeah, it's sometimes I just I always crack up at like the diva mentality of a, a lot of these people. I mean, it's always like the scale of the show too. Sure. You know what sure. I mean? It's like you got, you know, four local bands opening up for some mediocre band at altar bar right. and everybody's complaining about so it's like shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah Is it, there's like 400 people here it's yeah. not that big of a deal <laughs> go to bed it's fine but then it's also a bummer when like again like you know headliner comes out and it's like they're complaining about lights like, but they never like gave me an instruction so it's just kind of like okay well i'm the bad guy like so that's just kind of some of the things of the trade you have to deal with yeah which is a little rough and sometimes, you know, it makes it a little more difficult being a woman in that that situation um, just because people look, people have this automatic judgment about you when they see you at front of house that, well, first of all, they always think I'm doing sound, which I don't know a thing about sound. Just know that right now. But they just see me in front of a board, well, yeah. think I'm doing sound, yeah. and then automatically think that I don't know what I'm doing. So if something goes haywire with the sound, they're looking at me. Oh, yeah. And I'm like that scapegoat. So that's something that like all women, you know, lighting people, I've noticed that's like a common thing. Well, yeah, it definitely. I mean, it all looks the same. I right. don't think a lot of people understand how the lighting works. Yeah, no, they don't get and it. And a lot of the time, <laughs> a lot of people don't understand there's actually a, a person 
controlling that yeah. stuff. Oh, this is just automated, right? You're just pushing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, sometimes it is, but not <laughs> <Sometimes>. always. <laughs> My favorite thing is I'll get someone to come up to me and they're like, hey, I need you to turn the bass up. And I just kind of look at them and push a blank fader on my console up. Is that better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what else is up in life? Um, I have a 10-month-old. Yeah, I was going to say you're a mom now. <laughs> I'm a mom um, and still doing lights and trying to balance all of that. <laughs> doing, you know, these new events. But they're, what, bi-monthly now? Is that what you're keeping um, on? on? Th- our next one is going to be in July. Uh, okay. We haven't announced the date yet. Um, but every couple months. I kind of yeah. want to spread them out for now until we get, like, a bigger following. But... Are you doing it at Club Cafe again? No. So the next one is actually going to be at the Fun House at Mr. Smalls. Okay. Cool. So... so you're just popping around. Oh, yeah. That's fun. So I'm pretty excited about this one just because that's kind of Mr. Smalls. Smalls is a second home for me. I fill in there a lot. I've worked there for years um, and I love the staff. So yeah, space is great. Yeah. (laughs) So mom life. Yes. How's that been for, you know, somebody like you? Not that, not, not mean that in like a bad way. No, no. Just like you, you know, you're outgoing, positive, have a lot on your plate though. For sure. Um, It's actually awesome. I really have zero complaints. Um, the pregnancy was a nightmare. <laughs> the 48-hour birth was a nightmare. Ooh. But yeah, seriously. Um, but after that, my daughter Gracie is awesome. <laughs> She's like the best baby I could ever ask for. I get people that are like, oh, are you sleeping? And I'm like, yeah, she sleeps through the night. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Um, she's come to work with me. She has adorable little baby ear protection. <laughs> um, and I'll be running lights while she's sitting on my lap. Um, yeah. She's come to work with me uh, while I sat in the shop and prepped shows. Um, I just make it work. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to change my lifestyle 100% just because I'm a mom. I want to incorporate her. You know, I want her to be a part of it. Totally. So it's pretty cool. I I respect the problem solving skills. Yeah. It's something (laughs) a lot of people don't have. Yeah. (laughs) You know. uh, So with everything now, What's uh, any, I guess there probably really isn't necessarily an end goal. Just kind of just do shit and see where it goes. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I think like the step with weirdos are are like next step I really want to do is I want to do shows in other cities. There's some talk about Baltimore. Um, so we'll see where that goes. And then eventually I'd like to do a podcast, a storytelling podcast where people get to submit stories and you know, whether anonymous or they want their name known. Like, I want that to be a thing. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had considered, like, recording the live shows. We recorded our last one. Uh, What we're going to do with it yet, I don't know. Um, But we got releases and all that jazz. Um, Yeah. How many performers are you able to fit on a a night? So we try to limit uh, the storytelling to five minutes. However, sometimes it goes over a little bit. Uh, The last one, I think we had a total of 15 storytellers, which was really impressive, actually. The first one, we had 12 and then 13, including myself. Um, But yeah, I think it's going to stay around 15 storytellers. And that gives us, you know, people aren't drawing out long because we're not prepping people before this event. So some people get up and just kind of like awkwardly. Freeze up. Yeah, yeah freeze totally. up awkwardly, tell a story, which we try to help them along with that. Um, so keep it as, you know, less awkward as it can be. Uh-huh. So. Um, are these like all ages events or? So the first one was, um, 
but I've noticed that we don't really get that much of a younger crowd. Okay. So we're keeping it 21 plus. Also, social lubrication helps. Totally. Um, I, I've noticed that when people have a drink or two in them, they have a little more guts to get up there. Uh-huh. Not that I want to be that, like, the, the one thing to get up there, but it does help. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that if there was ever, if it ever picks up, there's always like you could always do maybe like a like side events at Black Forge that were all ages right. ones or something like that. Yeah, and then for sure. That'd for be sure. good. Yeah. Maybe even get like you know like somebody younger to host it. Yeah, to find like a, a good young voice. That's a really good idea. <laughs> I'm I a like thinker, it. problem solver. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta work on the stuff. I, I I it seems like cool and unique and different. And then leading into a podcast. Yeah, that's my that's awesome. my biggest end game. That's really something I would like to do. And the funny thing is, like, that's the end game, and it's probably like the simplest. Yeah, <laughs> out of everything. Well, that's good though. Just like you know, work your way down. Right, right. <laughs> into like something like super duper comfortable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else I got. <laughs> The, so you haven't announced the July event yet. Nope. Still in the works. Still in the works. Um, Anything else that we can drop? Sure. Um, so for our next event, a couple things we're planning is, so one, we have a sponsor um, through Jocelyn Crane of Falcora Jewelry. Um, you should really check it out. She is an artist um, and she's going to be sponsoring. She sponsored our last event. She's going to be sponsoring this next event. Um the other thing, too, which is in the works right now, is I read this article recently that was released on Vice, and it was about uh, how the homeless women population doesn't have access to feminine products, and it was really disturbing. And it's something that's not often talked about or thought about. And it just got me thinking, like, well, I'm going to have a bunch of women in a room. What if we started, you know, a drive to donate feminine products and anything from pads, tampons, D yeah. cups, the works um, to donate to these people. Because the truth is when you live on the street and you don't have access to these things, mm-hmm. having your periods a nightmare. Yeah, totally. And I can't even imagine. And I think about too, that, you know, in places where there's like younger girls in school and they don't have access to this stuff and uh, you know, perhaps they just live with their father and don't feel comfortable talking about, you know, there needs to be more education and more available because having feminine products shouldn't be a privilege. It should just be something that is there and provided. So that's one of the biggest things I want to do at the next one is Um, create this. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my friend Mandy's, uh, doing something similar to that. Um, currently like with like a, a fundraiser drive like getting people to donate stuff like feminine send products and stuff <laughs> to for homeless people and shelters and stuff like that that's awesome so it's cool yeah two of you should definitely link up yeah absolutely <laughs> you know because teamwork makes the dream work absolutely and it's also awesome just to hear like overall that there are more people thinking about things other than themselves yeah like people are kind of starting to realize these big problems which are in some way getting exposed to us because of things like the internet but you know we're like there's people looking for i don't want to say the right things because it sucks that it exists but people were keeping an eye out for things that are that you know thinking about what they can do right to help and contribute to those for sure situations I, I think again it's about starting a conversation and even if those conversations are difficult and i think storytelling helps do that um I mean, you could start a conversation about anything based on 
person's experience. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that's what's exciting. At the Weirdos events, the people that have been coming to the events, <clears throat> are they people that you know? Or are you meeting a lot of new people through this? I'm meeting a lot of new people through this. And one of the biggest ones was I had um, at our first event, we had this girl, Elaine Lesgold. And she showed up and she was wearing, so this is important to the story. She was wearing just kind of like brown, like very plain clothes. And when she got up there, she had mentioned that uh, she had been in a car accident and uh, struggled to communicate and needed an interpreter um, for sign language. Okay. So she was going to sign her story as someone read it. And when she got up there, it ended up being, the only word I have is stunning because there was a part where she talked about, you know, am I, do I look dead to you? And at that point ripped off the dress she was wearing to reveal this beautiful rainbow patchwork dress that she had made. And it was such a powerful moment where I was just like, wow, I realized that, you know, to truly make this event event for everyone, it needs to be for everyone. Um, so the next one, we ended up getting a uh, sign language interpreter whose name is Kelsey and she is awesome. Um, and, it was able to open up this event to people that couldn't hear yeah. and maybe couldn't speak, you know, and, and give them a voice. <laughs> and that's pretty amazing. Uh, so I am a hundred percent planning on keeping that a thing. So that's definitely important. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever you did the first event then in the second one, like how'd you go about promoting, you know, how are you able to reach these people that you don't know to get them to come out to this, like, intimate event i just like blasted it on facebook as much as i could i mean not having experience another, i guess another strength of the internet <laughs> yeah I using mean, it for good yeah i just blasted it out there and then when people had questions i was just quick to respond and i tried my best um one of the things i'd like to do for this next one is uh, have flyers out in places where people don't necessarily have access to the internet um, or it's limited. So like public libraries, um, you know, other places like that, because I want this to be an event again for everyone. Um, yeah, I just, I need some ideas in that way to kind of help grow it, but I want to reach a community that might not necessarily have totally. access. So talking about just kind of sidestep into business and promoting and marketing. Sure. Cause I'm curious so whenever you promoted this stuff on Facebook, did you do any like sponsored advertising or was it just like pr- like putting it out there and messaging people? Because I know I, you messaged me. Yeah. Um, so and that's how I found out about this. <laughs> Currently, Weirdos is all out of my pocket right now. Yeah. And I am broke. Um, so I would throw like five bucks here and there to the Facebook advertisement. Yeah. But for the most part, it was just personally messaging people or one night I went out and flyered in Southside and just walked up to people, which isn't my favorite thing to do, but I forced myself to do it. And surprisingly I had a really good response. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping to do that next time. I have a team of some pretty amazing women that work with me that have volunteered their time. So we're hoping to get a street team together to reach out all over the city. So that's one of the biggest things. That's awesome. I, from a, promotional standpoint i hear a lot of creatives that will complain about like the facebook platform and how difficult it is to get your things out there well it's also a little pigeonholed too because not everyone has facebook um and that's it and again not everyone has access to the internet i mean that's just the reality of things but i think you're going about it the right way in the sense that you know you're not 
putting something out there and then expecting the work to just get done for yeah. you. You know, you're still going out of your way to message people and talk to people in the real world and I've got generate <laughs> organic attention, you know, and that's kind of the message I'm trying to get across now to anybody that's listening to this. Like, why isn't anybody engaging with my posts? Because <laughs> nobody knows they're there. Yeah. And I think Facebook just changed their advertising thing where you now have to pay money for people to see your posts on your business page. So that's a thing. But you have to now. <laughs> yeah. Or else you don't really have much organic reach. Oh, man. Yeah, it's lame. Hmm. Um, Where'd uh, you see that? Someone just told me about it that worked for uh, a promotional company. So <laughs> Hot damn. I'm going to look into it. Yeah. Womp womp. Hot dog. Yep. Um, one of the other things I was going to say... Uh, Losing my train of thought. Oh, right. So um, for this next event, uh, we are talking about um, doing a call for opening storytellers. So something a little different. Before in the past, like we've Like an had, open mic sort of thing? No. So um, we have people come and sign up, but we have like... I had friends previously tell an opening storyteller to kind of just like open up the show. Oh, okay. So now I want people to submit like a two to five minute recording um, about their story and then we're just going to run a little contest obviously you'll get free admission to the show um, and actually get to be a part of it so that's something I kind of want to get out there and where can people like submit, send, submit yeah <laughs> um, submissions at we are the weirdos pgh.com nice so. and is that an actual website uh, so no our <laughs> our website <laughs> uh, so that's a, an email so just send okay. it in an email we are currently working on getting a website currently our website links to Facebook and wah, the, wah. yeah there is a you have a Facebook page we do correct yes that you can't post anything without paying for yeah wah, wah. yeah <laughs> but we also there. have Instagram like and Twitter <laughs> yeah and Instagram and Twitter yep Instagram so. can't be far behind because it's Owned by Facebook. Yeah, they're best friends. <laughs> yeah, and I can't. I can never get into Twitter. I have an issue. It's, I really it's not for suck me. at it. <laughs> yeah, I try. Yeah. I just feel like I have a lot to say, but like not in short sentences. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm too like I don't know. I I overthink things. Yeah. and I'm not good. I'm not quick, <laughs> and I also don't like. I'm not good at just like sharing useless bullshit not yeah. saying that's all that twitter is but that's kind of like that like that spur of the moment like don't think before you act sort of mentality yeah. <laughs> and i'm very much like i gotta think about what i'm gonna say yeah that's why and, people keep getting in trouble on twitter all yeah. the time <laughs> and i think that's why people like it they like seeing people get in trouble yeah. and like the drama of it but me it's like you know i'll think about it and it's like okay maybe i shouldn't say that yeah <laughs> and i shouldn't say that and then all of a sudden i don't have anything to say and it's like okay well i'm just gonna walk away from this now i'm gonna talk about the burrito i ate and yeah. what it did to me afterwards i don't know I, yeah that, those, those are my, <laughs> my most successful twitter posts have been probably food related yeah <laughs> that, that's that's about the most i can contribute to that yeah uh, I got environment of people <laughs> it's so weird there's um i've said this before but like all of the social media platforms kind of uh they pull from like different personality traits sure. of the human mind and if like you try to interact with all of them you almost feel like schizophrenic in a yeah. way like <laughs> so it's like I feel like I am most naturally like if I was a social media account I would be an Instagram. Yeah, I feel I feel the same way. But you know, <laughs> as a a uh, an artist, I want to have a 
you you almost quote need to have a presence on all of them. So sure. I'm like forcing myself to have this Twitter presence, <laughs> and I'm just like trying to be like this I just, person that I'm not. And it's like, oh, this isn't work. It's like, I don't know. Don't force it. I hate it. <laughs> I just retweet stupid shit. So yeah, that works too. <laughs> I should do that. Retweeting memes and stuff. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> so wrapping up, we are the weirdos Weird. on Facebook. Yes, an event coming up soon in July. Early July. People Early July. Stay tuned. <laughs> be on the lookout. The best way to stay tuned with that would be to obviously. Find it on Facebook. We're and you can go to uh we're the weirdos pgh.com and that'll immediately link you to the Facebook. Okay, so you have the domain. Yeah, I do. You just haven't <laughs> got around to the I'm working on the website now. Nice. I'm a busy lady. Hey, there's only you know, there's only so much you could do. True. <laughs> Baby steps. Yep. <laughs> and uh yeah, I think that's yeah we, we did it yeah we nailed it thank you for having me <laughs> thank you for coming over and Absolutely. i guess i'm gonna just do like an outro real quick and okay. then that'll be it and that's all folks thanks so much for listening i hope you enjoyed the conversation jamie once again thank you for coming over thank you for having me how's that beer treating you it's delicious <laughs> yeah that's good stuff i haven't had a beer in a few days and holding strong i know what it tastes like i can like i'm like picturing in my brain like what it tastes like and just acting like that's good enough i could describe it to you in detail chocolatey like oatmeal cookies <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. delicious it's good stuff <laughs> i'll be back again next week with another episode same time same place same channel you know the drill my name is sykes start the beat 2018 whoop woo <laughs> whoop whoop thanks for listening yeah <laughs>